0: From Number 5 Chambers, I'm Richard Kimblin, and this is the Planning Podcast. This week, changes to the mix of mode of planning appeal. The Business and Planning Act 2020. The current position on deciding mode of appeal. The current position on the right to call evidence and to cross-examine if the mode of appeal is by inquiry. How the proposed amendments in the Bill change that mix, and what might be the consequences when it comes to changes in the rules. What are the real practical effects likely to be? And will they make appeals less able to get to the heart of the issues? Or will they make appeals more effective and more focused? Howard Leithhead, planning and environmental barrister at Number 5 Chambers, takes us through the changes, the impacts and the practical points arising. And there is a note on the website for future reference and for appeal aficionados. Hello there, Howard. Hello, Richard. Now then, we have been having a look at the Business and Planning Bill, which proposes an amendment to the 1990 Act. And that's an amendment to do with the mode of appeal and Howard, what's the current situation so far as mode of appeal is concerned?
1: The current situation is that it, in England, it's for the Secretary of State and in Wales for the Welsh ministers to determine the mode of appeal, uh, which appears to them to be the most appropriate. And they have to do this uh, within seven days from the receipt of a valid appeal.
0: Right. Okay. So that's the Current situation, so far as the Act is concerned, the amendment seems to be quite a modest amendment to allow a mix of modes of appeal. Is the amendment just to the Act, or has it uh, seeped through the statutory system yet to an amendment to the rules? Where are we up to?
1: Well, so far, the bill's been there's a bill before Parliament, um, and the amending provisions section. 20 of the business and planning bill, Uh, this will then require amendments of the relevant rules and regulations, but that hasn't happened yet.
0: And what's the current position with, for example, the 2000 rules that relate to inquiries and cross-examination? So if if an appellant wants to cross-examine and has been given an inquiry, what is the situation? Is there effectively a right then to cross-examine?
1: Yes, there is a right to cross-examine, but it isn't an unlimited right. Where the rules don't allow cross-examination is largely a matter of common sense. So, for example, an inspector could refuse to permit cross-examination, which is irrelevant or repetitious. But then that's just fairly obvious. That's, That's what
0: you'd expect, isn't it? It is exactly, isn't it? What you're explaining is that once the inspectorate has determined the mode of appeal as inquiry, then the parties effectively have a right to say that they want to use the inquiry procedure in respect of uh, any and perhaps all of the issues in the inquiry. Is is that the summary position now? Yes, absolutely. But of course, it's up for the, the Secretary of State in England or the Welsh ministers
1: in Wales to determine whether an inquiry takes place. Right, got it.
0: Now, the proposed amendment um, before Parliament uh, will allow uh, the Inspectorate, when determining mode of appeal, to provide that there will be a mixture of modes of appeal. Is that it?
1: Yes. So currently, um, a determination of the mode of appeal can be changed any time before the proceedings are determined. Uh, which provides some flexibility. Uh, The appeal procedure can be changed during a hearing or inquiry and in exceptional circumstances an appeal can be reopened via a different mode, so a hearing can restart as an inquiry. But the 1990 Act is to be amended with the effect that the appeal procedure is determined as, quote, such one or more of the ways of determining the appeal as appear appropriate. So this will provide even more flexibility in the combination of modes of appeal. Though, as mentioned earlier, the various rules and regulations haven't yet been amended. Uh, So that that will need to happen first.
0: Right, so we've understood there what's happening in terms of the statute, uh, that there's going to have to be some changes to the procedural rules. So in practical terms though, What might this mean?
1: In practical terms, it's not quite clear how this is going to play out. Uh, There's potential good outcomes, potential bad outcomes. Taking the more pessimistic outcomes first, uh, there's a possibility that what this change may bring about are are just a string of rather pointless inquiries. It, It could effectively close down the inquiry procedure, even within a nominal inquiry The end result could be that only the planning balance is the subject of formal evidence. But if that happens, it probably shouldn't be an inquiry anyway. It it probably should uh, just be a a hearing. So that's uh, inquiries as to hearings. Currently, one of the main strengths of the hearing process is that it's less daunting for unrepresented uh, parties. The inspector will lead a roundtable discussion. Unrepresented parties won't need to face cross-examination. And the the Court of Appeal recognised this as long ago as 1998, that this was a real strength of the hearing uh, process. That case, by the way, was Dyson.
0: Now, Howard, you've given us there your pessimistic view, your rather glass-half-empty approach. But in fact, is your glass half full? Yes, it, it is, Richard. I think these reforms
1: are likely to lead to positive outcomes. And I think there are three clear points. The first is to do with inquiries. And it seems to me the inquiries will carry on in much the same way. Uh, the parties will continue to take a collaborative approach at pre-inquiry meetings, uh, determine which issues they think will require uh, cross-examination, and, and, and just continue to work with the inspector on that. And, and of course, this has been happening for quite some time now on Rosewell, in, in inquiries where some of the evidence is given in a round table format. And some of the evidence is given by cross-examination. And and I think most people think that that is working pretty well so far. Yes. The second one is it will allow evidence to be called during a hearing. Now, currently, the rules prevent evidence being called, so prevent cross-examination happening during a hearing. Um, If a hearing starts and it's um, considered necessary to have cross-examination, the whole inquiry procedure has to be started again before the appeal can progress. That's clearly a cumbersome process, and it can make parties uh, very reluctant to suggest it. Now, in fact, this has been happening unofficially, it seems, even though the rules don't allow it. I've done a hearing where the inspector said at the beginning of the hearing, look, I really want to hear some cross-examination on this point. It's really important that this particular witness is is cross-examined. Now, the rules don't actually allow for that, But it was considered helpful for the inspectors and and, and neither advocate or anybody else in in the hearing objected to that, even though it wasn't actually under the rules. So I think there has been a need for discrete areas of cross examination in hearings before. That's been recognised and it's now going to be covered by the rules.
0: And you regard that as a positive thing, yeah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It enables the parties to get a straight answer from a witness in in respect of a key issue, rather than uh, having to get the inspector to ask the question and try to encourage the the inspector to ask the question. They can just get it out of the witness directly.
0: Now, Howard, you said there were three benefits, which is perhaps the greatest potential benefit in your view. The, The greatest
1: potential benefit is that the decision makers will now be able to get parties to do much of the work in, in, in working out what, what needs to be done in, in an inquiry. And it should make the whole process much more efficient. Now, as barristers, we're, we're well used to this every day. There's hundreds of contested trials and hearings in criminal, civil, administrative tribunals. And the judge in these, or, or whoever the decision maker is, will rely on the parties to First, explain their case. Second, put their case to the other side. Third, hone the uh, relevant issues. And fourth, point out the the defects in the contrary case. Uh, Many of these cases can be dealt with in a day at most. There's no reason why this shouldn't happen in appeals before inspectors. It it should greatly speed up the process and and, and make it more efficient. Inspectors would be able to listen to experienced specialists, uh, fight out the issues, let them summarise their case is accurate at the end, and of course, respecting concessions made, inspectors will be able to keep a hand on the tiller throughout, uh, and then write up their decisions. So it should lead to much uh, more efficient decision making, and of course, the parties, it would also be cheaper. Inquiries and hearings should be should take up less time and uh, and, and less cost.
0: Well, I think that your glass is is filling filling towards the brim. So thank you, Howard, for those three points looking ahead at how these changes may result in changes to the rules and indeed to practice and the way in which things are dealt with uh, at the coalface. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much indeed, Howard. It's, it's the sort of thing which, which prompts me to think that really somebody ought to write a book about this. What, what, do, you th- what do you think? <laughs>
1: Well, I I I think they should, Richard. Do you you know anyone who might have done that?
0: Well, let's let's see what can be done, Howard. (laughs) So, Howard, thank you very much for that contribution, which sets out how the business and planning bill might affect the future conduct of inquiries. Howard, thank you very much. Stay safe.
1: Thank you, Richard, and you.
0: That was the planning podcast from Number 5 Chambers. Coming up... On the Planning Podcast will be a return to net zero. And we will be tempting you to ask what next for our cities. Till then, goodbye.